You're listening to the Fire in a Hole podcast with Richard and Jason, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and a cast. If you want to keep the show free and help us keep the lights on, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. If you have ideas for the show, we'd like to come on the show, uh, don't hesitate to drop us a line at Podcast at gmail.com. That's Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. We went to watch uh, Suicide Squad today and we did a podcast about it. Yep, knowing full well what we were in for, uh, having heard all the the backle and screaming and uh, hateful ranting online, Richard and I decided to be to suck it up and just go in there and see what the fuss was about. So, spoiler alert, we talk about the details of the movie and our problems with it, basically. Yes. Uh, sit back. Grab a cup of cocoa and um, join us for this adventure. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> if you have the balls. Do you have the balls? Japanese developed this crowd control technique where they have this gun that will record people's voices and then play it back to them with a slight delay, which is a bit of what happens when I have the headphones on and I'm testing the mics. Okay. It's impossible. It's impossible to speak when you have your own voice coming back at you with a delay. It like it interrupts you naturally? I'll have you try it later on with, with, the, with, with, with the headphones on. It's impossible. <laughs> Once you hear yourself at a slight delay, it triggers this like psychological. I don't remember what it's what, what it's called, but this is an actual thing where like it, it neutralizes you, it neutralizes your ability to, to communicate. So if you have like very loud people in a in a crowd that are that are yelling, the loudest people will just be silenced automatically. It's some like dystopian fucking technology and this is in the form of a gun it's kind of a gun yeah it's it's this big like square device with like a handle that you that you Can point aim. towards like the the loudest people in a protest uh-huh. and then it it reflects back their voice and then they're unable to continue speaking <laughs> oh, shit yeah anybody who's ever been on like a skype call that has like a bunch of like okay, uh, yeah. you know echo and stuff and, and then they can hear themselves at a slight delay will recognize that kind of well I, I remember like being um confused and maybe like put off by hearing the the delay but i didn't realize that it had that effect but it, 
makes sense like when i think about it i feel like that would happen yeah you cannot do it i've tried so many times and we've been doing this podcast for a while now yeah. so i've been doing sound checks so i have to i have to do like sound checks with like short things you know i have to be like check one two check one two bunt cake bunt cake bunt cake yeah anyways that's so weird it's it's fucked up but like when this gun or this weapon is used on a crowd it makes like a cacophonous sort of sound and then it silences everything no it just reflects your own voice back at you that's weird yeah so it's got it's like hooked up to speakers and it'll just like it'll 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 it basically give you an echoey skype call there's got to be a video of of this in action on youtube somewhere uh i don't know i just read an article about it okay yeah no we it'd be really interesting to see what this looks like that's naturally that's the natural reaction now is to to tell yourself uh, when you hear about something weird being developed you're like there's got to be a youtube video out there you know it's this weird fascination that you just want to see it in action yeah kind of like suicide squad <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice segue <laughs> <laughs> You don't have the balls. You don't have the balls. You don't have the balls. <laughs> so for those of the, you who are listening to this wondering if Rich and I are going mad or having stroke. <laughs> exactly. That's uh, our one word review of the Suicide Squad. Uh, so you are now joining Fire in a Hole with Richard and Jason. And the very last goddamn review of this movie um a full probably month or so after everyone stopped giving a shit yeah yeah exactly that's how we roll that's how we roll that's right that's right we're other people's refuse and garbage and forgotten <laughs> memories are our playground that's right we uh we go and we play like careless children in uh in uh, areas that are deserted and no longer of any importance that's right so I don't know if we're going to do this as a straight-up uh, review like we did last time with some preliminaries and then some spoilers. I feel like preliminaries may not even be needed. I don't know. It's not like... It's not the same thing as Superman or... I don't know. It's not like, what did Suicide Squad mean to you yeah. growing up? <laughs> exactly. I heard about Suicide Squad for the first time when the movie came out. Uh-huh. So, I don't know. Is, is that a thing for you? I have a vague recollection of um, Suicide Squad um, as a kid... In the 80s, I had I collected a lot of comics, and uh, Suicide Squad was kind of like this fringe um, side, you know, like mid-card level, if not mid to lower card level title that DC ran, um, which was kind of novel. the The concept that they they kept they they kept the concept even with this new version of them, which was the idea was kind of a dead man's. Uh, turning bad guys into basically, essentially like government operatives, reluctant heroes, reluctant heroes uh, with like ex- shock, explosive collars or whatever. If they, the concept uh, is cool. The concept is pretty interesting. Uh, the original Suicide Squad that I remember had almost none of the people in it that it, the, this iteration of of a Suicide Squad has. Oh yeah, with the exception of maybe uh, Captain Flag um, and. Um, Captain Flag. Which one was Captain Flag? He was the the dude, the the, the army dude. Guy. Oh, okay. The 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 facto leader. Right, right. And Captain Boomerang was around, um, but in in his floor eighties glory with like a <laughs> this weird costume with a little army cap, and boomerangs all over, 
like bandoliers of boomerangs and he was full on like Australian stereotype. Oh, okay. You know, with the crazy hair and like, oh, I might. And I, that's not, that's, that's British, but he, I can't do. Crikey. Crikey. <laughs> Crikey. Shrimp on a barbie. Shrimp on a barbie. Yeah. Yeah. He was like right out of the, the rogues gallery of like the shittiest villains ever. Hmm. And um, they were led by a whole other team. And I don't remember how cemented the Amanda Waller an- angle was, but definitely, yeah, it was basically the idea is the government had these people by the short and curlies. And they kind of had to go out and do jobs, and they were reluctant heroes. Certainly not saving the world type of guys, but doing a lot of these dirty jobs that mm-hmm. needed to be done. <coughs> well, a lot of the villains, I feel like you don't get to see them in action that much, so it's kind of a cool way to expand their characters a bit. Yeah, I suppose. yeah. And also, um, when you have a bunch of these guys that you don't really, that are not, you know, guess iconic characters mm-hmm. um they, they did this with wrestling incidentally back in in the wrestling days right whenever they have kind of swaggers yeah and dudes that were good performers but just didn't have any pull or didn't put any asses in seats they'd create what they were, would call stables okay and then they'd put them in a gang right and okay then, or one of the really popular guys would form a posse and then they would just populated with every shitty second rate dude <laughs> they could find <laughs> Um, and it'd be really sad because, like, the top shelf guy would eventually move on from the gimmick because he could afford to do it. Mm. But then some of these swaggers would kind of try to still cash in on being part of this group. And um, it's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea at all. Um, I guess we could maybe talk about the trailer for this thing in terms of, like, when it was first announced. Yeah. I think Suicide Squad, I should mention, has gained sort of a renewed popularity in the last decade, I would say, Okay. where somebody kind of retooled the whole thing and uh, put in new members, and then there was this idea of, of the Joker, I think. I don't know if he was ever in the Suicide Squad, but it was kind of a new take on the Joker. Harlequin was kind of being rehabilitated, quote-unquote. Deadshot was in there. Killer Croc, I think, was in there. Uh, the... Slipknot and El Diablo and um, Boomerang. I guess Boomerang would have been there. Um, But they did really well. And particularly, I think what was a big hit was DC cannot seem to make any fucking movies. (laughs) They cannot seem to make any movies worth anything. Or at DC Warner Brothers. But their animations are continually top-notch. Like, I don't know what the problem is, why they can't get the people working on the DC animated movies to fucking sit down and write. Oh, yeah, that's true. There's a lot of those. Yeah, they're great. A lot more than you see from Marvel. Yeah. And the Marvel ones are tend to be a lot more sort of, you know, um, for the general population. So mm-hmm. they're a little bit more PG. Right. But DC has made some really, really dark um, animated versions of their characters that were really good. There's a whole bunch of Superman ones that are fun. Uh, there's the Dark Knight Returns, which where they adapted Frank Miller's sort of um, post-apocalyptic take on Batman, where he's like old and half crippled, and he which you kind of got a taste of in Batman v Superman. Right? They clearly dipped into that, yeah. Yeah, they did the armor and the heavy sort of militant Batman definitely right. comes from the, and um, they did one called Assault on Arkham, okay, which is a couple of years old, and it was with this iteration of of the Suicide Squad 
and that one was it was like really good pound for pound it's 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 as good as any marvel movie uh so why can't they make movies i don't know (laughs) i don't know what the problem is i really don't understand either the animation section because warner brothers is a gargantuan company right? right they're massive and on the Batman license alone, they could just... It's their sacred cow. Hmm. Like, I've, I've been told this directly from Warner Brothers employees. Like, it's their... Like, they practically... There's a statue of Batman in every Warner Brothers office. Right? Okay. Even if it's a merchandise office. And they kind of almost go and pray to it before... Really? Because <laughs> it's paying for their salaries, right? Hmm. <clears throat> Batman makes money like no other character ever did. Huh. So... Does that make sense? Yeah. It's just... They can keep rehashing it 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 survived catastrophic adaptations right by uh schumacher i think was with the nipples the The, nipples the clooney oh yeah the clooney years (laughs) the the val kilmer years right arnold schwarzenegger as the nipples uh, on the armor yeah that's great (laughs) that whole era they somehow survived they bounced back from that that tells you that that property is just like absolutely uh you know almost indestructible Mm. so yeah, so there was, I think, a little bit of hype behind this in terms of even having seen Man of Steel, which we saw together with yeah. Danny, and we were like like pulling the skin off our faces <laughs> while we were watching this. Yeah. Uh, Batman vs. Superman having been a huge disappointment. Right. Um, what else have they done? Th- that's Nothing, their, that's it. That's their big like outings so far, right? We saw the trailer for Wonder Woman. Which looks boring. Yeah. But it looks like it's probably going to be the most straightforward film in all of them. Maybe, and the, the you know the period piece aspect of it is kind of cool. Like it, that looks that looks legit. It looks legit. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like World War Two, World War One, I, I think. Oh yeah. Yeah, because I saw a biplane and okay. uh, trenches and stuff and soup helmets, and that usually means a World War One yeah, yeah. setting, which is cool. Yeah, because World sure. War One is, and they kind of teased that in Batman v Superman too. Like they showed. The picture pictures of her, yeah. of her back in the day. Yeah, now it explains why Chris Pine was in the picture. It was not just a gag; like he's like, right. they had this thing kind of planned out. Uh-huh. But certainly, uh, this is not a new idea. The showing Wonder Woman fighting wars in the past. Right. That was kind of a thing that was done in comics. It's been done by a bunch of fan films, actually, really well. She's kind of a god, right, or like a demigod, right, created by Zeus, something like that. Yeah. That's, is that the Amazon thing? Yeah, there's like a two Wonder Womans. It's kind of weird. There's like the straight-laced comic book superhero, um, female Superman, if you will, with right. all of the Greek stuff behind her. And then there's like the 60s kind of uh, feminist icon Wonder Woman, which people attribute to um, the TV show. Okay. Where I don't know if you've ever seen Linda Linda Carter. What was it? Linda Linda Carter sounds like that's her name. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You know where she would like. There's be. Oh yeah, I remember. I was watching that as a kid. And then she would spin on herself. Yeah. And she was beautiful and strong, and she became kind of emblematic of deflecting the bullets with the bracelets. Yeah, kind of, kind of tacky, a little bit, but uh, because she was, she had so much charisma. Yeah. Particularly since the actress was, it was clear that she was not really very athletic. Exactly, you know, as more beautiful, she was beautiful, but yeah, no muscle definition whatsoever. Yeah, I think we were years away from the from the muscular woman. Yeah, that was still female, or at least casting them. Yeah, certainly. And I mean, even if you watch any kind of shows that were parallel to that, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, like uh, I remember wait, while you were watching that show as a kid, I remember watching uh, not the six million. I watched other things too, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> not the six million dollar man because I couldn't get it where I was. I, I think yeah. it was still in uh, Europe at the time. It was the Hulk. The Hulk. I caught a couple of episodes of, and there was the Bionic Woman. Oh yeah, that which, rings a bell. Which essentially was just a female version of the six million dollar man, right. but in a strange parallel to He-Man and She-Ra. Okay. Even though this was the woman version, mm-hmm. it was superior a superior show to the six million dollar man. It was like more compelling. Okay. You know, and they had the whole like yeah yeah like jumping up on buildings, but again, it featured a a very pretty actress who was very good. But again, not particularly athletic looking. Right. Looked like she was kind of hardcore. I think the hardcore thing came later. Yeah, I think it's it's more of a like a concept of beauty thing, maybe. Like mm-hmm. when they when they were casting that, that they were they were looking for a certain type, and they went more for like the model type than the, necessarily the athletic type. Yeah. Yeah, I think hair was a really big deal in the seventies. True, big hair. As long as you had like flowing hair and you could like toss it and right. turn around and then it, they would freeze the screen and then your name would appear on the you know that's right everyone had that kind of flowing in the breeze montage yeah and if you were a dude you just have to had to be kind of a bit oily and <laughs> pushing 50 <laughs> that was apparently the sexy stage of a male right none of these 20 year old six-pack dudes that's that were we were years away from that for sure even if you were, we just talked about the hulk like the the guy who was playing bruce banner right Although I think in the show they called him Dave David Banner. Oh, David Banner, yeah, because Bruce sounded too gay. Is it really? That's the reason, yeah. That's the actual reason? They changed it because they thought that Bruce sounded like too gay or effeminate wow. or something. So they called you him just, like a wholesome. You me something today. Oh, shit. That's a bit of comic book trivia I did not know. Oh, man. Well, I don't know if it's really comic book trivia. It's more TV trivia. But I watched the shit of that show. Yeah. But it was essentially like Highway to Heaven with a Hulk Pretty showing much. in every so often. <laughs> Pretty right? much. Yeah. Or like Littlest Hobo or something. Littlest like Hobo. You're uh, just walking down. The, or or um, Kung Fu. Uh-huh. It was a bit like, you know. The Wanderer. The yeah. do-gooder. And then the sad music because he had no home. Exactly. Just walking down the street, <laughs> hitchhiking. <laughs> well, that was a weird concept, wasn't it? It really was. It yeah. was. It must have been a seventies thing that, or seventies eighties thing that, just traveling around helping people and then going where he's needed. Yeah. yeah, I feel they could have done that with with Dexter instead of screwing the pooch on the last last uh, season. Yeah, he could just wander the earth and kill people yeah. serially. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> that needed to be killed. Change locales. Anything would have been better than the way that they actually finished the series. Yes. So yes, I'm a I'm a big fan. So as you of can your see, theory. <laughs> <laughs> judging by how how tangenty our conversation has become, uh, this is how much of an attention span holder this Suicide Squad film was. <laughs> um, so okay, just to establish this, well, just like Suicide Squad, our podcast doesn't have a plot. <laughs> <laughs> But it's maybe perhaps a little bit more entertaining. I would, I would hope so. We develop things. We get to things organically or That's try right. to. Well, we just go where we're needed. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, despite Man of Steel and uh, Batman vs Superman being kind of dog shit, I remember when the trailer started to hit. Um, even people like you who were not necessarily acquainted with the Suicide Squad were like, "Hey." This looks all right. 
They had yeah. the the jamming like uh, rock music, mm-hmm. um, subverted rock music. They had them kind of dropping one liners. Right. It's it like looked- oh, they finally got it. Like we need a little bit of comedy in there as well with the darkness. Or, yeah. You know, not just be grim and dour consistently. Like one joke. I thought she was with you. Like that'd be the whole thing. <laughs> She's with you. Ugh, I thought she was with you. Yeah, that whole bit. Yeah. Why yeah. did you say Martha? Martha! <laughs> Why yeah. did you say that name? Yeah, seriously. Um, it's just kind of an unintentional joke. I think the hope that arose in me was the hope that arose in many people who have been sort of scratching their heads at what the fuck they're doing with these movies. Is they were like, okay, well, maybe what this was is a, two movies that they just couldn't nail because the pressure's too much. There's too much ground to cover. Batman and Superman, there's so much so much of a performance anxiety to delivering these two icon- iconic characters that they just they've, they've fucked the dog two times now. Suicide Squad doesn't feature any really heavy characters apart from Joker. Um, and like who cares if they got Killer Croc wrong, I think was my thinking. Hmm. And also, hey, what if they... I, when I heard they handed it off to David Ayer, too, um, he's a he's a very competent director. He's kind of a left-field, rock-and-roll kind of dude. And I was like, okay, maybe this will be the Deadpool of DC. Right. The or movie. the Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, yeah, yeah. Or like, we just take some risks with some characters that people don't give a shit about. Exactly. There's not going to be angry emails about Groot. Drax the Destroyer yeah, exactly. and Groot. <laughs> There'll be a few, but... Right. Fuck, fuck those nerds. <laughs> Although there's a lot of Groot, Groot fans now, I think, oh, yeah. after that movie. Yeah, it's uh, it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense. Um, so I think there was some anticipation, and then there were these weird reports that came out, shy like two months shy of the film being released, that DC was scrambling uh, and had ordered reshoots Oh yeah, to quote-unquote make the film funnier, which, number one... That in itself is kind of messed up to start, like, monkey-wrenching a film after it's been put together. Number two, why would you let that news leak? Seriously. Right? Because it almost seemed like it was, again, a a, a desperate... It it, it smelled of the same desperation as when Batman vs. Superman was starting to get shat on. Because when people saw Doomsday in the trailer, Hmm. you were like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Are you fucking kidding me? And then they literally released a, 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 a statement a statement saying, like, no, no, don't worry. He's not the end game of the movie, uh, which he kind of was. He kind of was, yeah. So I'm like, when did movie th- studios start releasing? We're sorry. Don't worry. Like apologies ahead of time. Quickly. We're, yeah. You're like, that just smacks of such a disorganized, decentralized not the right not the creative people making the decisions and wouldn't that even be worse like if you're gonna say you know we use this iconic villain but don't worry he's just like a tangent we that go makes on no sense. you know that makes we didn't no we sense. don't worry we didn't do it right and we didn't make devote an entire movie to him right which he, they should have <laughs> which they should right have. yeah because doomsday wipes his ass with the entire the entirety of the superhero population of dc Right, and, and then kills Superman. Right, because it, it, it forces a ultimate confrontation, and therein lies all of the interest in that character. Hmm. Doomsday himself has no real background, or they keep changing it. He's a deus ex machina, or what do you want to call it. Uh, he's a gimmick. 
and he's there to finally bring a threat to the indestructible man, right? Right. But that doesn't play if somebody just cooks him in a vat and pops him out onto the city. Hmm. It makes there's no lead up. There's no lead up if Superman has no real history. He has no real popularity. He has no real there's no feeling that there are other heroes and that they none of them can stop this fucking thing. And then he finally makes the ultimate sacrifice, you know, like without any of those storylines, without any of the Justice League storylines and the years of passive aggressive relationship between Batman and Superman, the fight is meaningless between them. Totally meaningless. Completely. It's a showpiece. In fact, I think if I remember correctly, they literally, somebody has a quote of David S. Goyer, the the genius behind the screen, screenplay of Batman vs. Superman and Man of Steel, uh, years before, stay, when they asked him, like, hey, some journalist <coughs> went, like, are you guys ever going to do Batman vs. Superman? He's like, the day we do that is the day we are up Shit's Creek without a paddle. Like, we're, oh, seriously? We're out of ideas the day we do that. He literally oh. <laughs> said that a couple of years before making of Batman vs. Superman. So it not, does not bode well. Hmm. Does not bode well. Okay. So what was the uh, what was the press release that they came out with for Suicide Squad? Well, they were like, "Don't worry, it's going to be funny, and we're injecting funny into the movie." So they called Will Smith and every company back in order to tell some jokes. I I don't know if they they pulled them back in. I guess they must have. Well, if they're doing research shoots, they must have. They right? must have. Yeah, they must have uh, done a couple of other things there, but. It's like really weird. You go, you spend the time, you make the movie, and then the studio's like, well, we've seen a cut or two. We're not satisfied. It needs to be funny now because because of some website with, I don't know, uh, you know, charts and statistics that say that Marvel movies do well because they have comedy in them. Huh. That's the sad, even the sad, like every time you're like, this is so sad. It just adds another layer of of pathetic when you're like not only can you guys not get through a movie in a three act situation but all of this is being done in the service of competing with Marvel like you're not even in the same conversation it's true you know not yet anyways they have a no. lot of, they have far to go they have fucked the dog and they have they've shot themselves in the foot like right out of the race um, which is tough to do right like with such iconic characters I can't, I can't obviously say that this is like, oh, it's so simple. No, it's not. Actually, it is simple, but simple is difficult to do, mm. right? The problem is, is that they're so busy thinking about keeping up with Marvel, they're not think or Disney, they're not thinking about making movies. Mm. They're just thinking about like getting these fuckers out there, so they can, they can, uh, they they can meet Marvel like pound for pound. And they're just trying to develop their own way of doing it too. Yeah, they're right. they don't want to do exactly what Marvel is doing. Right. They want to do their own, but they want like they all got in, together in a room at some point and said, "Okay, well, we're going to do it, but we're going to do it our way and it's going to be dark." I guess. Well, darkness and mature storylines were always DC's brand. Right. That was always what set them apart from um from Marvel. Marvel was much more the Nintendo mm. of comic books and some could say DC was the Sega. <laughs> right. So, <clears throat> in terms of sales, DC survived 
probably the majority of its time through Superman and Batman comic. Those were the big sellers. Hmm. Uh, Justice League, Flash, all those other guys. I they probably can't touch the numbers of Spider Man or Iron Man. I mean, Iron Man maybe. But the point is like Marvel's always known how to move units and satisfy the people. DC was the if you were a DC reader, you were like, I'm into the darker shit too. Right. Right, the gray zone, the morally sort of nebulous storylines and anti-heroes. They kind of pretty much um, wrote the book on the anti-heroes and the guys that were reluctant to... Uh, they were certainly not shiny like right. Thor. And they questioned constantly what these guys were about. There was a bit of that in Marvel too, I think, with uh, Magneto. Absolutely. You know, like his evolution. I'd heard that he was based off of Malcolm X, whereas okay. uh, Professor X was uh, Martin Luther King. Yeah. Yeah. You're dropping some crazy like trivia on me that I don't even know about. Yeah. <coughs> I had right. no idea. Yeah, apparently. Apparently that's what they were based off of, so that Professor X was all about like peaceful, all, all peace, there's always a peaceful solution. And uh, Magneto was like, you know, violence is sometimes called for, or is actually called for in order to get get justice to assert ourselves. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, I know for a fact that X Men always has always existed as an anomaly within Marvel because it was it never gelled perfectly with the rest of the the universe hmm. because it was about civil rights and it was about racism and right or sexual orientation. They were tackling all of these issues. Way ahead of their time. Way ahead of, yeah. They had Canadians in their groups. <laughs> they cared about Canadians. Even though I'll never forget the X-Men animated series, the first one that they ever put on TV. And the uh, Wolverine had an Australian accent. Oh, really? Because clearly not enough fucks were given about the difference between a Canadian and an Australian. <laughs> right? So it's there's this forever now. It's just there's this bizarre Wolverine. That kind of maybe that informed their casting decisions. Yeah, maybe that was a, hey, that's not a bad link. Look at you, man. You're yeah, killing it. You're killing you it. So was there any, um, quote-unquote, excitement on your part when you when, we, when the Suicide Squad trailers started to hit? No, not, I wouldn't say excitement. I would just say like the, it was more like the, the comedy factor, I think, a little bit. Some the, there was some cool stuff. The fire dude seemed kind of cool. and It was mostly just that. It seemed like it was uh, kind of a, a good popcorn kind of movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, which I think is w- would have been, I think that should really be um, DC Warner Brothers' goal at this point, hmm. is just to be able to deliver one of those, even if it's kind of boring, <coughs> excuse me, or a little bit stale, just to get from A to Z, just to not see, it's like watching uh, that show, fire know. it's like watching that show uh, Wipeout, you know, with the people mm-hmm. trying to f- complete that obstacle course right right it's like marvel is the contestant that's you know waiting biding its time doing its moves and then just slowly methodically completing every single you know trial mm-hmm. and dc's just like the highlight reel of all the people they send up there just so they have some funny shit to show like, right people like falling off the steps before even getting to the actual <laughs> they're not even getting into the, the huge q-tip things that knock them off into the mud mm. <clears throat> they're kind of falling on their faces out of the gate so i think 
like you a little bit i was also like yeah okay could this be it could this be their fun like finally a, a good start uh, something to base things on the casting seemed okay certainly yeah will smith i was like ugh, but he'll be okay i thought it was a weird casting choice what was dead dead shot like in the comic uh well he was white but that that's that that's not apparently important anymore no the racial uh switching he was white or yeah he was definitely caucasian but that was the reason i was at all bothered by uh will smith i was just like then again will smith has had like a string of shit films hmm. where even his like money in the bank aura is kind of faded I feel like he kind of carried this film, though. He didn't he? He did. I thought he was going to be like the annoying thing about this movie. And no, he did a great job. I think the, like the writing was shitty. It was. But terrible. that's not his fault. He really tried, isn't he? Yeah. He, yeah. He was very entertaining. Easily, some of the best scenes were his. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, even with the the clunky dialogue and the right. weird scenery and that, yeah. So and how they seem to care about each other very quickly for no reason. Yeah. So, okay, I guess we could just jump in here and just tackle this thing. Do it, man. Um, one thing that I noticed right away when I sat down and watched this movie is how fucking loud it was. It was so loud. Wasn't it loud? <laughs> yeah. But even the previews were loud, like louder than normal. I don't know if it was just the theater we are in. Maybe it was the theater. But like, my ears were hurting before the movie even started. Oh, okay. So maybe that was a theater thing. I, I just, I felt like it was loud and... Once again, this seems to become becoming a DC staple. Uh, not being able to make out what the characters are saying, because there's all this fucking noise. Hmm. There was a couple times that I didn't understand, <laughs> especially the Gator Gator guy. Yeah. So he's mumbling. Killer Killer Croc. Yeah. I think I got one or two of his lines. I yeah. think that's Adebisi in there, by the way. Is it really? Yeah, I don't remember his, the actor's actual name. This is really bad, but I think it's uh, Adebisi in there. From Oz. Yeah. Oh shit. Adebisi. <laughs> <laughs> so. I fuck you. Hey. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> fuck it. Let's talk about Oz. <laughs> but right out of the gate, like they just kind of—it's just a bazillion things happening. Yeah. And somebody's goddamn iTunes collection blaring over the whole thing. <laughs> Spotify squad. It was the Spotify squad. That's what we should call this episode. <laughs> yeah. The Spotify squad. It wasn't it distracting? It was, yeah. And the music was I mean the music was good. I mean well, there's songs the, we there's know. songs we like, you know, they're feel good kind of songs, but they were switching like so quickly. Yeah. From one scene to another, they were just going from like one right now. One, one like power ballad to another. It was schizophrenic. It was a bit schizophrenic. It literally yeah. was like the worst. De- like if he was a DJ in a in a club, like people would be like, w- "Dude, what the fuck?" Yeah. Like he just cut <laughs> off every song halfway through. I just like this part. Yeah. <laughs> it was like some fifteen-year-old kid got to play the the twelve seconds of every song that he likes. Right. And whether the from the nineties. Ad- from the nineties. Whether the atmosphere called for it or not, it's like, fuck you, you're listening to Eminem now for some reason. Right. While they're locking and loading. That was so distracting. Yeah, they were just trying to create these like badass moments is what I, what I felt like. Of them like suiting up and stuff. Yeah. But like, 
again the the choice of music was odd the fact that they kept uh, just like that was a bit of the, the I think Guardians of the Galaxy did a bit of that too but not not as schizophrenic but still like I would imagine that they would have like kind of similar yeah but they did it well, number one they, they did, did it 80s though they did even 70s oh, like, yeah. they did it competently yeah and number two it was part of the there was a plot reason for it right it was all based around the cassette tape that Star Lord had from it was the only, his only link to his past. Right. Um, not that I was a huge fan of Guardians of the Galaxy, but again, the even the worst. I think they were trying to copy a little bit of that. You think they were trying to go? Uh, there? That's the feeling that I had, anyways. Uh, yeah, the right, whole just like, to make it fun and the slow walk with all the group. They right. kept trying to force them into these like power. I mean, if you if you were to if you were to listen to the soundtrack of, of Suicide Squad versus like. Batman v Superman. It's a very different experience. Sure, right? sure, yeah. It's <laughs> not just ba da da ba da right? It's <laughs> it's like Queen and uh, yeah. fucking Eminem and uh, White Stripes. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. It literally was like somebody put like Pandora's on on random or whatever, and it was just playing out all of these <laughs> hits, but for for no effect. And that's like that's right. even more tragic. Because if you're able to, I mean, if you're going to put a, an iconic song like by Queen, like Bohemian Rhapsody or whatever, into a, into a film, that moment better be fucking majestic. Right. Because that's a song that's going to live forever. That's mm. an immortal song. And it immediately evokes, everyone sings along. Uh, you know, Wayne's World pretty much made sure of that. Right. It was a great song before that, but with Wayne's World, like it cemented it forever. For sure. Um, so to just have these random tracks going off while these characters are doing shit on the screen and you don't really give, give a fuck, um, you, you, it kind of has the adverse effect. Not only did you not do anything cool with it, but you're like, why are you playing Queen over the shit scene? Mm, yeah, it detracts from the actual movie. Yeah. It makes your movie look worse. Yeah, this is times where having less money to make a movie would have benefited the project, right? Because the kid, the person would have been like, and I want Bohemian Rhapsody, and I want uh, Eminem, and we're like, we don't have the budget for that. Hmm. And they would have just had to make do. I think it would have been better if they just kind of done the same thing. Like, I think the music actually added to the, the, the fun atmosphere of the, of, the, of the movie, but if they just didn't... It, like, it was like somebody like changing the channel yeah. constantly, you know? You're just flipping through the radio stations. Like, just choose one, please. Yeah. They're all good. Yeah, but like I said, sound check. Sound check. Um, right out of the beginning, it was loud and obnoxious, and I kept waiting for a moment where there would just be some quiet. Hmm. And I remember from the trailer, they show the scene where the all those government officials sit down and she kind of teases like the Mission Impossible style like dossiers of all the operatives. Mm. And in the trailer, as I recall, that that moment is like quiet, and it's dark, and there's no music, and it's actually a compelling scene because you have these generals, and then she's just like, "I want to activate this team task force. You're crazy. You can't do it. Yes, I can." Blah blah blah. Right? But now again, in the movie version. Blah, 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 whatever the fuck was playing over the scene and you're right. like, you couldn't take it seriously at all hmm. um, not to mention like they start showing a 
it was weird. They started showing the spoiler alert, everybody. Um, they kind of showed the backgrounds of Deadshot and Harlequin, um, and then forgot the rest of the group, and then yeah, kind of dropped backgrounds to the other dudes later. I noticed that in the first chapter, where like they spent all this time on like the main characters, and then. The other ones, it was like three seconds of, oh, yeah, and this guy looks like a gator. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, the, the worst, though, the ultimate fuck you was the Native American guy. Oh, yeah. Man, did they, they that was a, that was horrible. They just, they were just like, oh, yeah, and by the way, this guy can climb things. Yeah, this man can <laughs> climb, you literally hear it off screen. This man can climb anything. You don't even have time to laugh at that yeah. and how fucking ridiculous that is as a, as a talent. I can climb anything. Why? Right. Why can you? Why can you climb it? And why is that important? Was this like an actual character? Slipknot. Yeah, but he was like a. His schlager. name was Sl- Slipknot. His name was Slipknot. Okay. Um, I guess that's better than what I was hope, like what I was thinking it might be. Probably something like horribly racist. Tightrope. No, uh, red skin or something. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, something something native related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't exactly. remember if he's native in the in the comics. His name is Chief. Chief or some some bullshit. Tomahawk. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, Black Tomahawk. <laughs> Can we make that movie, Richard? Black Tomahawk. Sure. Neldy, if you're out there, <laughs> it's your moment to shine. Neldy. I'm recruiting you for Black Tomahawk <laughs> and Black Tomahawk 2. I know that's a bit of a spoiler because that means your character survives. But, uh, yeah, there it is. So, yeah, that was the most... Son of Tomahawk. <laughs> Son of Tomahawk. <laughs> Son of Hawk talk. Anyway, um, that was the most ridiculously rushed fuck you introduction I've ever seen in a movie. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised we didn't hear anything about that. That, that Like people complaining? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think maybe it just was too low on the list. Maybe of complaints, but I, I mean I haven't really been reading any reviews or anything. So yeah, because I'll, we haven't seen the movie up until now. Right. So maybe people are screaming about it. I think that they're just what I've saw mostly was just a shrieking at the movie as a whole. Okay, like what a jumbled fucking mess it is, hmm. and uh, everybody hated it. The comic books people hated it. The snob movie critics hated it. But, uh, yeah, like, that, that scene with Slipknot, it was just like, he gets out of a car and punches a random woman in the face. Right. And then... And says she has a mouth. She has a mouth. Or she had a mouth or yeah. on her or something. And cut to Harlequin, like, giggling. And he's part of the team now. Oh, yeah, by the way, this is Katana, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> she, like, just flips onto the... Uh, onto the ship and they're like this is katana she's on my side or something she's got my back oh by the way her sword absorbs <laughs> the souls of every of, of people she kills by the way people everyone and you're like why why is she here why is this happening i don't understand why should we care yeah the, this entire like the entire thing about this this proposition this idea that you're going to bring together a group of of people it cannot be for to protect the planet. That was never the Suicide Squad hmm. sort of idea. Because it makes no sense. Why the fuck would you get Harlequin? 
Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Like, aside from being unpredictable and crazy, like, what is her thing? She's a crazy gymnast girl that's nuts. So how does that help her to fight? Right. She's fucking useless. She's yeah. completely useless. Right. Apart from the comic relief, uh, she's completely and utterly useless. No person in their right mind would put her in any kind of team whatsoever. Right. The only way she ends up on that team is if you have like a prison break, which is, you know, I don't want to get into how I would have done this movie, but accidentally gets shoved into this group and they become protective of her. Right. But I don't believe any, I can't understand any kind of writing plot where somebody tells me that she's one of the folders in the like, we've picked the best, the very best. (laughs) Really? You've picked this like insane girl? Right. Who runs around in like uh, fucking uh, assless, uh, you know, shorts in high heels and swings a bat? <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Even within the context of the other members, she doesn't make sense. Like Croc, right. okay, he's a monster. Sure. He's special. Uh, Strong. Fire Latino, okay. Yeah. Um, Shoots fire. Right, he shoots yeah. fucking fire. Okay, he's got a thing. That's that's kind of a cool power, right? Yeah. Um, that's it. <laughs> Boomerang is fucking useless. Yeah, he was another one. Like, what is his thing? He 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 punches people and throws boomerangs and drinks what like Red Bulls. What does he do? He was just like the male Harley Quinn. Right. He was just there for comic relief. He's a bank robber. Yeah, is what they say. Mm-hmm. What is a bank robber? He, he's robbed every bank in Australia. That doesn't even make sense, number one. <laughs> number one, that doesn't even make any goddamn sense. Number two, why does that make him a badass? Is there a safe they need to break into? <laughs> exactly. No. 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 <laughs> Is there a heist? No. No. Th- th- none of it makes sense. Deadshot, no. maybe, because he's a, an assassin. Right. But they've got every single... They've got teams of these dudes with uh, sub-vocal microphones and, like, these SEAL team dudes. Right. They have a shit ton of these guys. They can just spray the area with bullets. Exactly. Okay, let's say we give that that shot as pass. Sure. Uh, Killer Croc pass. El Diablo, which has got to be the saddest Hispanic stereotype ever, ever seen in my life. And how they keep calling him Hesse. Yeah. Essay. Hey, Holmes. Yeah, Holmes. Hey, little essay. And they have him. He just wanted a normal life, by the way. Yeah. He tattooed his entire face uh, with a skull and gang, ta- gang like uh, symbols all over it. But he just wanted to have a normal life. Right. That makes sense. And he killed his family because he got mad? What? Yeah. There was a single. He loses control when he's mad. Which, again. There was no evidence of anywhere in the film that he had that problem. Nope. Right? He seemed to be in full control of his abilities at all times. Well, he's all zen now. Yeah, it was all just so rushed. And then they, they, even when they flashed back to, like, his wife, like, she wasn't, she wasn't burned. Oh, yeah. He was holding her in in his arms. Her shirt wasn't even, like, they didn't have soot on it. No, not even, (laughs) nothing. What did she die of? Like, smoke inhalation? Yeah, seriously. Why did he burn his house down? And then she turned to ash. Uh-huh. And slipped through his fingers. I don't know if that was like a metaphor. What is that? I don't know. 
I don't think anyone knows, including the people who wrote this. Agreed. Um, he burned his, like, at least, like, put a little effort into it, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, maybe some of his enemies came looking for trouble, you know? Right. And they burst into his house, and he lost control of his powers, and or he didn't watch what he was doing because he was defending his family, and he ended up fucking torching everyone. Hmm. Just like he did in the prison uh, yard, right? Right. But ag- and then, it again, like the prison yard thing was on purpose, though. Yeah, that that was on purpose. But then, it was just all over the place. Like, are, are we supposed to feel sorry for this guy, or we? He's spouting some pacifist bullshit now, mm-hmm. and waving his hands in the air to like write out words that he <laughs> he's thinking of. Like yeah, exactly, bye, bye, <laughs> bye, 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 bye. <laughs> And making little fire women dance in his hand. Like, it was just like, what is this? Yeah. It makes what no is this sense. character? And then clear foreshadowing uh, going up into the, I think it was like the end of the second act or something, where he was like, well, what, happens if I get, yeah. what happens if I lose control? And they're like, oh, we're counting on it. Yeah, right. Sort of it's thing. basically, like, he's okay. the Hulk. Yeah. He's, he's the, the shitty Hulk. Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> shitty Hispanic flaming t- stereotype Hulk. flaming Hulk. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's essentially what he's supposed to be, hmm. right? But otherwise, uh, other than these people breaking out of prison and through circumstances ending up just banding together, there is there are liter- there is literally no reason for this group to be to exist or exist. care about each other or care about each other or have us care about them, right? Uh, in any giving way, which the the funniest line which I cracked up in the theater was. Uh, when that dude said uh, the El Diablo, the El Diablo said, "I already lost one family. I'm not gonna lose another." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was out of nowhere. And then he hulks out. Yes, that was laughably bad. That was laughably bad. Yeah, that was the worst. Yeah, because like, how are these guys a family? You've known each other for what twenty minutes? They took one walk down a street. Hmm. If you if so, let's establish this right now. And other people have have alluded to this. The pacing of this movie was completely fucked. No sense of time whatsoever. Everything's happening immediately, but then all of a sudden it's happening all over the place. But all of a sudden the bad guys are attacking, and there's field hospitals, and the whole city is devastated. Hmm. But these guys have only still only known each other for ten minutes. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Um. They just. And they activate these group, this group, to you know, almost immediately after Amanda Waller delivering a speech about like we may need these guys. They need these guys. They think so, hmm. but they don't really know what they do. That whole bit with the enchantress stealing, uh, what is it? Was it intelligence from Iran? Yeah, something like that. By bamfing, by nightcrawlering over there and back. <laughs> was kind of interesting in itself right but in a it exists in a vacuum again there's no right i mean the entire movie doesn't happen if they hadn't tried to put together this squad in the first place right pretty much because the whole thing the squad caused the problem yeah well it was that evil woman yeah who's like are you the devil i might be (sighs) if if she hadn't put those things in motion then none of this would have happened. Right. Right? It was all caused by her. I was actually rooting for the Enchantress. Me too. You know, like, I was, it, this whole thing was like, humans are evil and don't don't deserve to exist. 
I, I look I look at it this way now and I realize that that makes a lot of sense. She was horrible. Amanda Waller? Yeah. But that she's to be fair, of all the characters, she they were true to her character. Hmm. She's supposed to be an evil, evil bitch. Yeah. Um and you want to kill her, you want someone to finally put a knife through her f- throat, but um she has she's the ultimate ball buster. Uh-huh. And, but the whole idea, the reason you tolerate her in the comics, uh, in the animations, is because she represents that whole kind of a Magneto approach to law. Sort okay. of like, these people are scum, they're responsible for the deaths of dozens of people, I'm going to force them, kicking and screaming, to do some good in this world, and to protect. Hmm. So she's sort of a complex villain I see. in the canon. And I think they they got her pretty much. She was perfect. She just didn't make sense in the contrast of everything else. She caused everything. She caused all the problems. You're right. There was no attack on the city if she doesn't fuck with this uh, ancient magic stuff. No. Um, that's. <laughs> I just realized how ridiculous that is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> There's literally no threat whatsoever. She was the actual villain, and she wins in the end. Right. Uh, n- never. Did they, they did do a fair bit of beating us over the head with, with gimmicks, didn't they? Mm. Like the, the thing with the cell phone. Well, every time someone steps out of the line, she's like, ah, 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 I just have to press this button. I just have to press. Like, they're just beating right. us over the head with it, which completely, completely uh, diffuses the effect of it. Right. That was supposed to drop like a bomb on these people at the beginning when they're all being briefed. And they're like, why the fuck should we listen to a single thing you have to say? Mm-hmm. Well, because I have this thing, you all have a chip in your heads, and if you don't do as I, f- you don't jump when I say jump, I blow them the fuck off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And as to demonstrate, poor, poor Slipknot. Poor Slipknot. I think that was supposed to be kind of his role. Is he's the guy that like doesn't heed the the warning? Okay. If Even in the in the canon. Yeah, if it's not him, it's someone else. Mm. But somebody tells her to go fuck herself and tries to run away. and It feels like that's something that just has to happen. Yeah. yeah. Just so you know the threat is real. Mm. My work was all with um, Harley, Margot. So it was contained, it was isolated from the rest of the cast. Um, but it did set up a, a dynamic and uh, with the other characters because... They're all in the squad, and the Joker is kind of on the outside. So I was isolated. They really bonded, and I was off in you know the, the corner uh, uh, of the cafeteria, kind of watching all the other kids have a good time in a way. Jared Leto. Jared Leto. 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 I, I think it's Leto. Leto. I could be wrong. I'm pretty Lito. sure it's Leto though. Jared Leto. Leto. Jared Leto. So clearly one of the main draws for anyone at this point I think probably the, one of the reasons why they even cast Jared Leto Leto in this movie was to kind of cash in on the Joker like you know revival or here we you know like kind of a here's the follow up to Heath Ledger's timeless portrayal here's the next version here's tough the next. act to follow for sure yeah Definitely, I think. But they said the same thing about Jack Nicholson. True. Um, and people freaked out when Heath Ledger was roped into doing it. 
Hmm. But he did a great job. I think the, the trailer is once again really sort of... Um, I was like, okay, no matter what they do with the rest of this movie, it, this looks like an interesting portrayal. Uh, Leto, whether you like him or not, he's a bit of a douche. But he certainly has made his bones as a method actor. Certainly. And I think you need kind of a method guy to do a, a good Joker. It seemed very believable to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he did a great job, personally. Yeah, yeah there was some controversy, apparently, about uh, about his portrayal. Um, from was it more about the look before the movie came out? I know there was a bunch of that. There was about the look because, yeah, this was kind of a weird gangster, um, like a uh, tough guy, mobster joker as opposed to the purple piano tail you know version but mm. and the tattoos of course but that's that's you know that's the kind of stuff that geeks are always gonna sort of be with or against that you're gonna just encounter that in every single movie adaptation of a comic book because you're, you're contending with sometimes 70 you know years of history Right, where and a bunch of different iterations, I'm guessing yeah, too. Right? They've had to do different things with the character because you know they had to keep it going. And this look of the Joker did that. Did that was that representative of anything that happened in the comics? There was the Suicide Squad um, Joker, if I recall. Again, I might get uh, crucified for this by my comic book reading friends who are more into that. I think was supposed to be like a post-incarceration Joker. Okay. Where there had been attempts to reform him or at least to incarcerate him. And he kind of started working out in prison and kind of trying to... Like a makeover. Okay. But certainly there was nothing particularly wrong. As long as you had kind of that crazy psycho killer edge and the clowny... So some part of him that was a bit clownish, I think, I think that was pretty much in the bag. I don't think, at the very least, I think like many people, I was very curious to see what he would do with it, and was as surprised as I think most people to find out that he's been almost entirely cut out of this film. Right, he was just part of Harley Quinn's backstory. Pretty much. Yeah. But they, it was confusing because they start the movie off with a with him. Because mm. they, one of the backgrounds they jump into right away is Harley Quinn's. Uh, Harley Quinn's, and um, then you get kind of get to see them establish this love connection or whatever they have, this madness that they have between them. And she is, I mean, even though she has no powers and perhaps no place on a superpower team, her story is probably the most interesting of all of them. Right. Yeah. She's different. It's different. Yeah, she's uh, she seems like a nice girl. Like that was pretty much canon. The idea that she had been a she had been a psychiatrist, mm-hmm. and then Joker kind of turned her. He turned exactly. He turned her into his his accomplice rather than the other way around. And then she kind of becomes. And then, but you could see in the montage and all of the flashback scenes that they were kind of trying to. It almost feels like there was a whole movie there. Yeah. Seems like it. Just just about their crazy romance and mm-hmm. the destruction. And then they sandwiched Batman in there as well, which is really weird. Yeah, Isn't that he weird? makes a couple of appearances. Yeah, that, that's, that's a little strange. Like just Batman showing up to, to punch Deadshot in the face and mm-hmm. cuff him. And then Batman showing up randomly 
to stop them while they're right dri- drive. It all seemed like these were pieces of a bigger puzzle. Hmm. Um, and there was this whole thing about the um, the toys that came out for the movie, bef- like way before the movie came out, and they're okay. like, there was this like uh, version of the Joker that was wearing the Batman costume, but it was green. And they were they were asking like, is, is this a spoiler for the movie that there's going to be like the Joker wearing some kind of version of the the Batman suit, sort of thing? But that never materialized. Never materialized. So maybe that's the thing that they cut out as well. You know that he did this whole parody of Batman. Well, uh, so he was pissed, right? I I th- I Leto? think so. Well, you mean uh, Jared Leto? Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the most controversial things that came out was um, um, an interview with him where he. He didn't start like shitting on the film like outright, but he let it pretty much clearly. He communicated that he felt that he he had been conned into this film. Hmm. He literally was conned into it because they kind of gave him a they they were gonna they they basically told him I know I know they were gonna do essentially like a big budget film, but it was gonna have an art film approach. Okay, and they were gonna let him do his thing, and they were gonna really leverage this thing. According to him, this was supposed to be a parallel story, mm. not just Joker showing up randomly and sending text messages right. saying that he's coming, mm. but it was supposed to be the Suicide Squad forming, um, but that being less important than the fact that Joker was on kind of this twisted romantic mission to get his girlfriend back. Right. And if I recall Assault on Arkham, what made that whole situation even more interesting is Harlequin develops a romance with Deadshot. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Which I think they sort of kind of seem to allude to here and there. Where Harlequin's kind of like, you're my friend too. And he's kind of doesn't want to kill her for some reason. And he kind of when she shows up again, um, he kind of picks her up and lowers her down. And I didn't feel like it was romantic. I felt it was more paternal. Did you? Oh, because yeah. it's like a daughter thing? I, I thought so. Because mm. they, they keep focusing on him with his daughter. Right. I mean, she's got like a... What did she have? Like a collar or something that said daddy as well? Oh, like, uh, you know, pudding? Like, I think there was one that actually said daddy. What was there? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. Okay. But there was. it seemed like there was some like daddy issues there on her part and like daughter issues on his part that probably makes more sense you know but it's weird considering that originally they basically just have start having sex as part of the squad members and okay he likes her because she's freaky and she oh yeah that's right she's into him because the reason she's in jail is that the last time she ran with a joker he basically threw her under the bus to be able to get away. Oh, okay. So she feels jilted hmm. and develops a relationship with Deadshot. And then Joker is like trying to live her, win her back and be like, no, baby, he was a mistake. Hmm. You're the one. And there that kind of triangle becomes interesting, right? But in this particular case, it was certainly odd. Again, all for naught. Right. Because everything is was so, so rushed. Um. And we're not even exactly clear on what the deal is with Joker at this point. We don't know how really... Get me a machine gun, and he escapes. Mm. But Batman wasn't around in that for some reason, wasn't involved in that scenario. And then 
he's somehow a gangster in a club now. There was that whole really obnoxiously forced scene with uh, Common. I don't know oh, yeah, with Common, yeah. <laughs> wearing all the shit in it. Like, I don't know which... I book. was sure that that ring was coming out of his nose. Like he's going to get pulled out or yeah, something? Yeah, I was positive. I was really surprised and that didn't happen. Again, that whole scene felt completely out of left field and meaningless because they didn't... It was all flashbacks. Right, and it was this whole thing of like... It was like kind of like, God help you if you disrespect the queen. Mm-hmm. But then Common didn't really disrespect the queen. Right. In fact, the only thing he said, hey, I don't want to yeah. fuck with your thing. Right. This is your, it's your lady. Yeah. And then it was supposed to show how crazy he was. I guess so. It but certainly it, didn't illustrate the point that they were trying to make. Again, I d- couldn't hear what he was saying. I right. I couldn't hear what Jared Leto was saying. Because hmm. there was all, all this like music playing in the background. and Right. Just, it really felt like... <laughs> I fell asleep on certain parts of this film and I woke up at others. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right? No, yeah, I could see that. I mean, there was a whole part of the movie where you turned to me and you're like, where are they going? I'm like, I don't know. They're just, I thought they were going towards the light. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. We weren't even sure where the mission was going. Right. Because they fly over the city. They get knocked down. Somebody in this movie really hates helicopters. Yeah. How many helicopters went down? A lot. Yeah. Four? I feel like four helicopters went down. Maybe just take a truck. Yeah. <laughs> What's up with all the helicopters? <laughs> Those expensive, uh, expensive looking helicopters. Yeah, and then they're all like, we got to get to this place. And it was not clear to me at all where they were going. Hmm. They're just fighting their way up. And Rescue I, some scientist or something that they thought. And then and it ends up being the evil girl. Yeah, I'm not even sh- clear on... Like, how they got this team to cooperate. Because they're all like, fuck you. And then they're like, but you guys have a bomb in your head. And they're like, suddenly Killer Croc is like walking around and not like eating everybody. Right. Before that, they were throwing like raw meat down the sewer. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they had to make an example of Slipknot. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Man, that was such a... Like, not only had it no effect... Right. Did it have not have, not have an effect? But it, well, you're just like, dude, poor actor, dude. Seriously, I like that actor. Like, why why they keep fucking? <laughs> couldn't they give this? He was the the dude from Wind Talkers. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I forget his name, but he's like a he's a really good actor. He just ended up being like a red shirt. Pretty much. This is Slipknot. He can climb anything. Boom. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Did we say he could climb anything? Well, he. He's not important anymore. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. but there's Katana. And we're going to give you her tragedy in one scene where she's talking to her sword, hmm. crying out of the blue. And we're not going to tell you where the hell she came from or why. Hmm. Does she have a bomb in her head? We don't know. Well, she wasn't a villain, was she? She was supposed to be there to protect Colonel Flag. Yeah, so there was some trust there. I guess she's a good guy, right? But then... And that whole that that scene in the bar when they all sit down and like I think that was supposed to be the f- scene that was supposed to prove make, that make them a family. They're a family now <laughs> that they've bonded. Yeah, because they don't they don't need the bomb in their head to to justify their actions. Right, and I still don't understand because you see as soon as they're deactivated, Captain Boomerang takes off, and then he's back. He's back, but again, there's another problem with that scene. He takes off the detonator and cracks it over the counter and he's like fuck this detonator 
but Amanda Waller still had her, that, which means that they're not off the hook at all. Exactly. If you get another remote, mm. they're screwed. But she was presumed dead at that point? I suppose. We're not clear on why she was kept alive. For information. For information. That's how they attacked all the bases and the satellites and everything. Like she was plugged into some something. And where was Batman during all this? Yeah, that's the other thing, right? Like, why are you sending in the B-team to this credible threat to humanity? Yeah. You've why shown us you? Flash. You've shown up Batman, and they're not... You're not calling those guys in? Where they Are they at Superman's funeral? They're too busy? You're just going to, like, send in a crazy girl with a mallet? <laughs> that's that's the best that's humanity's best hope right and and i'm gonna build a machine what was it the the evil the, the evil aliens plan was all to well, build a machine that will destroy they don't worship humanity. us anymore they worship machines so i'm gonna build a machine to destroy them all right interesting why i don't i don't get it i I don't know. And how is this swirling mass of metal creating devastation? And why is it taking so long? Yeah. And why and is it if they like had that much power, they could actually just go there and fuck everything up. Why do they need to do this? Like Circle Ghostbusters, in the sky. like uh, oh yeah, thing. you were saying. Okay, you gotta you gotta explain this. Uh. Yeah. So at the end, like the 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 ultimate scene with like the enchantress up on the on the pedestal up up the stairs. You know, kind of doing this little like boogie thing. You <laughs> yeah, know, the weird like, uh, magic shuffle, weird little dance thing, belly dance thing that she with was all doing. this like light going on. It was very. Uh, I, I found it very reminiscent of um, Ghostbusters. Yes, you know where like you Gozer. had Gozer, Gozer the Destroyer, right <laughs> up on the pedestal with like the dogs and choose stuff. your destroyer, choose your destroyer, <laughs> and they're all like cracking jokes down there. And even there was a there was a bunch of those things, like it, it was very similar to to that scene. It was very similar as well when he gets his girlfriend back and he, like she Pulls she her breaks out of the out, yeah yeah and she breaks out of the 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 cast or something like That's you true. know like this like kind of she kind of became a statue, uh-huh. and then breaks out of the statue like very much like Sigourney Weaver breaking out of like the the dog statue absolutely. But by that point, they had exhausted our patients so much because of, like, they just, it seemed to be, like, a cliche uh, palooza in the closing moments of the film. They were just, like, one after the other. Yeah. It was just a mess. And, like, Enchantress ends up just going and, like, doing the Nightcrawler thing and kind of fighting with him and then ends up going back to her pedestal and being like enough and then pulls all of their weapons away right like why didn't you do that in the first place you could have led with that attack yeah that would and have been why a... did you why did you fight them period yeah why for do you even reason? need to for what reason you're were destroying these the planet what happened to all of her soldiers as well oh yeah they all disappeared she had like a battalion of these alien dudes yeah and they just mysteriously disappeared when it was time to fight the and her brother, that whole angle was really out of nowhere and completely meaningless. Mm. Why did this need to happen? Why did she need to have a brother? Why, why did he look like a weird a CG version of like that uh, destroyer creature in Thor? You know, the one that opens mm. his face and like he looked like an Asgardian actually. He did look like an Asgardian, and also a little bit about like the what's, what's the planet eater. 
um, uh, uh, oh, um, Galactus. Galactus. Yeah, he looked a little, a little gal- kind of like Galactus. With a guy's like, with a very like generic guy's face CG'd over it. Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, totally. And you're like, why are you a weird steel energy glow, glow creature? And the other ones looks like she's uh, she's dressed like um, Whitney Houston in the bodyguard (laughs) (laughs) she literally had the the cleopatra like queen of the nile outfit on that's true and she's doing that little weird shuffle while she's talking which made it even more laughable Hmm. it looked like something out of the mummy right (laughs) what what was the end game there like they all sneak up on her she's like i knew you were coming i was expecting you why why were you expecting them she said something like the the rise of like the metahuman shows that it's the end of times for humanity and it's like the did she say that I yeah totally missed that yeah and that it was like this was their time and join me and this oh, you know so we magneto all of a sudden yeah yeah basically meta because metahuman is could not be a more of a fuck you mutant thing yeah pretty much poor man's mutants yeah yeah, yeah exactly uh-huh. yeah no they absolutely did like they they stole a page from the the mutant manifesto they were stealing from everywhere mm. right they were stealing from from gardens and galaxy yeah they were stealing from x-men ghostbusters the bodyguard <laughs> bodyguard uh, <laughs> music video right queen of the night oh. zumba exercise videos zumba <laughs> 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 Zumba exercise videos, absolutely. Yeah, and the okay, so they're about to sneak up on her, and then she starts giving them these visions of what they really want out of life. Right. But when did she have the power to? Was this a distraction? How, what if they had said, "Okay, I'm in"? Like, how would she have given them these? How would she have given him, or was it just to to delay them? But to delay them for what? Because once they're like, no, it's not real. Hmm. You can't believe it. It's not real. Then they break the spell, and you're like, which were was she buying time for her enemies, to, her 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 cohorts to show? Like what? Would she have been able to fulfill that promise had they joined? Right. No. Why I'm does she need no. people to join them? What's the joining thing? I don't. I don't she wanted I don't to destroy everything. Yeah. Why did she want to destroy? Doesn't destroying everything She's mean some kind of celestial being, some kind of god? Why does she need Harley Quinn to like? Yeah, a bunch of these know, fucking kneel nobodies. before her, kiss the ring, and fucking like use her mallet in defense of her god, her new god, <laughs> her mallet, <laughs> her mallet, and her like wit, her her <laughs> witty her, repartee, her, her sassy. <laughs> Sassy quips. <laughs> Use your sassy quips for me, Harley Quinn. Bend your sassy quips to my will, and you shall be rewarded. A thousand. We will fold. rule the universe together. <laughs> One sassy quip after another. <laughs> yeah, no, that that was really there was no tension in any of it. There was nothing very celestial about that. And you know what else was not very celestial? Mm-hmm. Was her final. Her final quip against Deadshot: "The you don't have the balls. You don't have the balls. <laughs> like some celestial godlike creature prizes balls 
<laughs> testicles was, above what? like everything else in the universe like you covet these organs explain reproductive organs but but <laughs> like explain to me how you're how you're on set you're filming the scene and not everybody immediately erupts into hysterical hysterical laughter uh-huh. right down to like the guy taking care of the the catering like how does not everybody die laughing and go like we can't possibly put that line in the movie that's yeah, exactly. fucking horrible <laughs> there was nothing nowhere else has the enchantress spoken in a in a in a uh, colloquial kind of contemporary yeah. way and why wouldn't he have the balls how would she know how would she care why it makes no sense it's like it's really interesting because it seems like if you chop up this mess there are individually like six films in here maybe not necessarily six good films but that there are literally six movies here that are are kind of interesting the killer croc one we don't give a flying fuck about it's your classic um you know hulk uh what do you call it uh hunchback of notre dame right situation right um, I love how they gave him like a cell that looks like a sewer, by the way. Oh, yeah. That's so weird. Right. It just seems really odd to me. Like, why would you even do that? Why wouldn't you just put him in a normal cell? Uh, unclear. Maybe. You need, like, there was actually a sewer grate that they would open to throw, like, a chicken inside. Right. Like, why do you need to make it? Like, you made a custom cell for him that looks like a sewer? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Not to mention in, in um, like, that's where he lives when he's free. When he's loose, he haunts the sewers. Right. And that's where Batman has to go down there to fight him. And that's what's kind of the creepy thing Mm. is these old abandoned New York-like sewer tunnels. And that's his domain. And Batman has to go into these depths and darkness and fight this fucking... That's the only way he becomes scary. Yeah. Right? As if he has the home turf advantage, I guess. Exactly. Once he puts on a hoodie, it's like... Never Mm. mind that Killer Croc's supposed to be like 12 feet tall. Oh, is he really? Yeah, he's not supposed to be... Like, I think he was actually shorter than Harley Quinn. (laughs) (laughs) So that didn't make a whole bunch of sense either. But we're really, like, at this point, we're we're way off. Again, this is low on the list. Right, right. But if you look at it, like, just uh, Colonel Flagg's story Mm. was a movie alone, a standalone movie. Yeah, probably. Right? Special ops guy... uh, falls in love with this scientist who is damned to share her her body with this ancient entity and then it turns out that the government all arranged this romance because they were hoping to harness her power hmm. to for the government to as as a as a new as a WMD right that's a movie right mm-hmm. joker uh busting out and swearing that he's going to find his girl and they have this twisted romance, and Batman gets involved, but they you kind of end up rooting for crazy people to be together. Hmm. That's in story that works for sure. Uh, Deadshot, the assassin, who's trying to you know he's an expert killer, but he has a daughter. Okay, we've seen that a million times before, but that's almost a standalone movie again. True. Where can will he be able to you know? Will he give up his his career because he has to take care of his daughter? It was kind of novel to see a deadbeat mom 
in a movie. Mm-hmm. Not that I think that's cool, but it's true. You don't see that very often. You never, you very rarely see the a deadbeat mom storyline. Mm. Even though, again, it was a throwaway one-liner. Like she's supposed to be raising you, not the other way around. Right. So the killer dad. That was just like a mechanism to make him seem like the villain with the heart of gold. Right. Even though he's killed so many people. But he care, cares about his daughter. Mm. So absolved. Right, exactly. And he dresses like a 70s pimp. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Wasn't that a bit weird? That was a bit weird. I was like, is this a... How far back is this flashback? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he dressed like a Dolomite? <laughs> is he immortal? Does he age slower than others? Yeah. Suddenly, I felt we were watching like, uh, Watchmen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It even had the like coloring of it. A little bit. And yeah. the... the, the, the you could definitely feel Zack Snyder's fuckery over this project. Hmm. And I know he was an executive producer because he, they've made him kind of uh, king of the wicker people as far as the DC movies. Hmm. But um, it was just odd. Especially Ben Affleck. Say what you will about him. But he never shows up in a movie as a cat. He doesn't do cameos. Right. Or, or if he does, he has some shit to do. Like the la- only cameo I can think of that he's ever done was in Shakespeare in Love, and he right, had a probably part. part of his his contract to help build this universe. Right? right. The other thing that I noticed was fucking. There's something about this universe and uh, alleys. Oh yeah. Just you just need to avoid alleys. Like, you know, <laughs> like Batman's parents get killed in a fucking alley. And then now this whole drama with him and like Deadshot and his kid happens in an alley, alley with Batman. It's like, okay, well, what's this whole alley thing? Why, why don't you just stay out of alleys? That would be right. a great way to just not get into trouble. Who the troubles. fuck takes an alley in the inner city? That's it. In the U.S. to go home with their daughter, especially when Batman's around and you're a villain. You might as well just stay out of alleys. Just stay in very well lit areas, right? If you don't want to get caught by Batman. But would Batman come after an assassin when he's with his daughter? Is that a smart move or a dumb move? Hmm. Yeah, I'm not tell. sure. Well, they said that the only way that they were able to find him was by trailing the daughter. Right. Okay. But that sure. seems a little far-fetched. I don't know. And everyone was the best of ever. He's the greatest assassin in the world. Right. He's robbed every bank in Australia. <laughs> He's the most crocodile guy in the world. <laughs> Is it? Doesn't that make you laugh? I, this man has robbed every bank in Australia. Isn't that? The, it sounds like some sort of punchline to a stand-up routine. It doesn't sound badass in any way. Yeah. And they just throw away like, oh yeah, Flash stopped him. But let's not talk about some super meta-human guy that. Right. That put an end to his reign of terror with his uh, dust buster fucking picking up diamonds (laughs) which was more that bit just that was smarter than the movie Hmm. and i felt there were a couple of these moments in the film that were like by themselves were smarter than the whole thing right right or more meaningful (laughs) Hmm. like we never find out why boomerang carries that unicorn plushie around right but that was more interesting than the movie him using we have what was that? What was that about? Unclear. I'm I'm sure some comic book uh, connoisseur could be like, ah, well, you see, the unicorn plushie is because he has a daughter too, or whatever. Ah, uh, okay. But I don't know what the meaning of it is. Ah. Uh. 
Uh, but that in itself was more compelling, like Easter eggs down, than the film. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Slipknot could have had his own film. <laughs> Definitely, get, get steps out of van. <laughs> you know, is horrible stereotype. He had a mouth. Punches lady. Yeah. Head explodes. I mean, it writes itself. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Climbs anything he wants. He can climb anything. Grappling hooks. Imagine if him and the man that's robbed every bank in Australia had actually teamed up. Hmm. What a reign of terror that would have been. Seriously. Uh, led by Harlequin, who has a gun and a baseball bat. <laughs> and a purse. Hmm. Yeah, she steals the purse and then we never see it we again. never see it again. Hmm. Because it's probably the lead up to a whole other situation that was cut out of this film. Maybe. Right? Yeah. It. You could just feel... it. This movie was like... For those that haven't seen it, at this point, we've ruined everything for you. Yeah. But not really. It's kind of like finding uh, a, a dead body <laughs> in an alleyway. And it's been stabbed, shot, strangled, drowned, poisoned, um, hanged, uh, burnt, run over by a car. Hmm. And you're trying to figure out which one of these wounds killed it. Right. It's just not possible. <laughs> exactly. You can't even identify. You first, you're like, "This is a person, right?" I think so. I think dismembered, that's put back together. Oh yeah, moved, they were chopped moved up. to another location. That's right. <laughs> moved to another location, melted in a bath of acid. <laughs> There's basically a handful of this DNA of material, hmm. and you got to figure out if this was a person, if this, w- what happened here. The ultimate CSI case. So, final verdict. Yeah. You're saying that there was probably a decent movie, potentially several movie, potential for several movies in there. But you're, th- you're thinking this is like an editing thing? You thought the studio got involved afterwards and just kind of fucked it with their reshoots and editing it to shit and taking out the parts that make this into a... It's like, hard to say. The script definitely is not strong. No matter how way, which way you sort of dice it, the script is not strong at all. I am willing to extend a certain amount of um, goodwill towards a, a screenplay and say, well, you know, if you chop up any good screenplay, it's going to sound fucking weird and off the cuff and non, non sequitur. But it doesn't feel like this was a power, uh, power script to begin with. The villain was... Eh? The build-up was meh, and the stakes weren't clear. But having said that, it feels like this could have been at best a kind of popcorn movie, like you said, where bad guys are assembled, a bunch of one-liners, um, a couple of sad moments, maybe one of them dies, and despite everything else, these misfits pull together in a 1980s sports film kind of way. Hmm. After a rousing speech by the guy they hate, but who has shown that he has loyalty to them now, and they bond and they take down the bad guy, and maybe they it's tongue in cheek and they laugh at the whole thing the whole way through to make it modern enough, right? Not take it too seriously. Hmm. But there is a lot of evidence that the major flaws here were these reshoots that happened that apparently were designed to make the movie funnier. And a lot of lot of late in the game studio fuckery to do something to the film. I don't know. Maybe the original thing they saw was worse. I can't imagine that it was. 
Hmm. I don't understand why they cut the, sh the fuck out of Joker. Apparently, there's a whole movie there. That's what Jared Leto says. There's a, enough for a standalone film. Hmm. Uh, and his performance is such that you, it, you get the impression that there isn't much more there. And he went full method, right? He was like sending dead rats to the to his co-stars and on the set yeah on the set yeah I'd, uh, like you, it seems like you wouldn't go to that trouble if you if for like a, a like what seems to at the end end up being a bit part that makes makes a lot of sense yeah yeah i can't imagine that he would have gone to all that trouble so the dvd version is going to be like what 10 hours long of just joker footage if they, they release cut it out, if they release it but just we didn't even get a proper look at joker Hmm. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Uh, I said to Richard when I walked out of the theater that I was like, we've been in there for two hours and I still f don't feel like I've seen the movie. <laughs> That's true. That would be my ultimate verdict of this film. Hmm. Is it? I can't. It's not offensive in any shape or form the way that Batman vs. Superman or Man of Steel was. It didn't make me angry. Okay, maybe we're a little more prepared for this one because of the outcry, but I don't understand the 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 blood-curdling screams online about this film, uh, short of the fact that they fucked the dog on it. But I just really, I came out and I'm like, I just saw a whole bunch of shit, but none of it means anything. Yeah, it wasn't very cohesive. Yeah. The problem that I had with it was kind of the same problem I had with the, the new remakes of Star Trek. Right. Right? Is that like, they're acting as though they have some kind of uh bond right that they're like they even he even says like that laughable line about like i'm not gonna lose another family thing before he hulks out what family like w you've been together for like 20 minutes an hour max how did you create this like bond same thing with like kirk and spock and the new the new, the new yeah the new iteration of star trek where you know in the old ones okay like they they had tons of time history. You know, so much history yeah. that you can understand that they'd be like brothers but then or the great greatest of friends this deep relationship to one another but like how do you become family within an hour it's like the whole pacing just doesn't make any sense and the they're they're alluding to this development of a of a bond between them that there was no evidence of in Zero. the in the entire movie like, why do you give a shit about each other at all? You're supposed to be bad guys. Why would fighting next to each other for a couple of couple of battles where you're still kind of debating whether to get the fuck out, why would that make you into a family? Right. No reason. No reason. No reason whatsoever. Um, it, it, was, it was almost like a, a sociopath's idea of how friendships are forged maybe yeah someone who doesn't actually have you know someone who actually doesn't experience real emotions <laughs> like yes when two people fight together or share an experience they form a bond hmm. you're like no that's not quite how that happens you actually it has to be like a an exchange there and a something risks something gained a, a repartee as it were right some uh Particularly when they're a bunch of fucking psychos. Yeah. Put a bunch of psychos together. I would imagine that it would take a little bit of time for anything like that to even develop, if it would ever would. Right. Or you solve it with something, again, maybe this is just really easy to, to do. And I this is, okay, I'm giving a special license here. 
Hmm. We're gonna do something. We're gonna close this thing, wrap this thing up with with what I call a revisionism. Okay. Right. Normally, the here are the here are Jason's rules. Okay. So Jason's rules for revisionism is you can't you can't like bring in new characters, and you can't change major plot points. You have to try to think of how you would rearrange things with what you're given to make make it a better film. Hmm. Is it a more on a noble exercise or a more intellectually smart approach to revisionism? Not necessarily, but it makes me feel a little bit better than going like, and I would have brought in spaceships and the following characters and Doomsday would have actually risen again from his ashes. And right, that never ends. You're like, and uh, uh, Harley Quinn would have been a cyborg. Like, that's not really fair. Being given just what we were given, could you think of a a way that you could have fixed this? I don't think so. I I think the 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 problem was the the enemy that they were going after. You know, it was that that whole premise of the the sorceress and we find the home. We need to kill the witch. We need to kill the witch. The threat that was the that was created by the same action that formed the squad. Right. That that whole flaw they would have to be they would have had to been sent into like the middle east or some other kind of situation some like a lesser situation than that i think that maybe even a montage of them just like dealing with some earthly problems like stopping some dictators yeah yeah exactly build up to it you know not their first first out of the gate yeah that that that's what probably would have made sense for me i think that's that's what ended up making it was weird it was a weird problem it was a weird enemy it was that that whole thing just seemed kind of very contrived and just very convenient but then also confused in the way that it was created uh, if the suicide squad had not been created if they hadn't taken steps to create the suicide squad then this whole threat would never have happened right so yeah t- technically amanda waller's ass should be in the sling yeah they should have just all shifted their energies to take her out yeah, because <laughs> she's the real evil. Or where did all the president's men go? All of a sudden, we hmm. see them freaking out when the that creature attacks the city. But then, like they just disappear into thin air, and there's no more central command. There's no one going, Waller. Your ass is mine. This whole thing is on you. Right. Right. She starts executing her subordinates. Yeah, and the one guy that's supposed to be the gateway to us liking the bad guys flag hmm. is like yeah yeah you know it's it's a it's a it's a dirty job but someone's got to do it <laughs> and suddenly we're, we're like what yeah what happened to play by the rules soldier boy who was doing it all for love right he's okay with these random fbi like like computer swaggers like computer hacker nerds just getting a bullet in the head yeah it's just survival at all costs but then what are you trying to save but how like, much are easier you worth being saved at that point? You know, how simple is that scene to fix, right? Hmm. What you do is flag shows up, says it's time to go, Miss Waller, and she's like, "Oh, let me go get my briefcase." Goes back, gun, 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 guns down everybody. Flag's like, "What are you doing, you you fucking psycho?" And she's like, "No witnesses, classified information," and he's reeling from the whole thing, hmm. but he has no time to 
do anything about it because he has to follow orders, you know? Yeah. He should have at least seemed conflicted. Yeah, he's like, yeah, well, you know, it's a dirty job. (laughs) I've had to clean up my own messes or something that he said. Oh, yeah. He basically said that he's done the same thing. He's a murderer, too. Yeah. If I recall, in the original iteration of the Suicide Squad, Flag was in there as well. He was like a dis dis uh, dishonored soldier. Oh yeah, yeah, like a disgraced. Uh, He'd done what what was necessary on something certain, like certain that. Occasions. Like he went too far, and then they basically pulled him in. But he's such a fucking commando that. But he's still enough in line with the chain of command that he kind of made a de facto. He was a good middleman between these the, these scumbags. Hmm. And the, the 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 government, the spooks, or whatever. So, what would you have done? What would you have done with the, with with your own method? Um, what would you have changed? Well, this is a this is a tough one. It's a tough one because okay, keeping all the pieces. I think the Joker storyline is a problem. Unless you keep him out of this whole equation and have him show up as a surprise. You know, just when you think that the squad is engaging, trying to stop the witch or trying to extract Amanda Waller and her people. uh, And they're heading towards city. Suddenly the chopper gets where they get assaulted and they're like, okay, you're kind of going, what the fuck? And he's like, hey, baby, it's me. I heard you busted out. So I came to get you. And then it becomes like kind of a special moment. And he just wants to grab her and run. But she's like, no, I care about these people. Like, they're they're my friends. And he's like, we don't make friends. Like, it's me. It's me. Mm. She, you know? She's like, no, I'm not going to go anywhere. And if so if you want me to go with you, you're going to have to help. And then you, Joker kind of gets reluctantly pulled into this situation and adds comedic psychotic relief to this group and he's kind of the scariest of them all right Hmm. you're supposed to be individually terrified by these people but suddenly you have this super iconic character who's like hey guys so i guess we're a team now you know (laughs) and he immediately adapts because he's nuts right um i was expecting something like that actually i would have done something maybe like that um i would have maybe spent less time flashing back to their individual stories might as well solve it in that one exposition scene in the in the, at the dinner hmm. where all these heads of state are or whatever these uh, important people are talking and Waller's just like instead of talking this really over the top way about like these are the most powerful people and blah 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 you're like they're not the most powerful people there's hmm. nothing really that special about these people but she does the whole um what was the name of that guy in X-Men? That's Senator Kelly. Okay. Who's like, the threat is coming. We need to have our own nukes because the mm. metahumans, the next Superman may not be our friend. Right. I thought was an interesting direction. Mm-hmm. Right? That makes sense. So you go with that. She quickly gives you the background on these people and then enough flashbacks. We don't give a fuck. Uh, because presumably you're you would like this to become a franchise so there's plenty of time to explore that later give us the 10 second breakdown of where you got these convicts 
not knowing fully how what they're capable of and what they've got hiding in their closet. But the fact is they've all been compelled to work for the government, hmm. right? So I've got these guys. We don't have enough metahumans yet. We've got a few. Obviously, once I find some more powerful peeps, like I'm going to dump some of this fucking dead weight. Hmm. And eventually we're going to work up to our having our own little suicide squad that's going to be there should we need to break the glass. And then the plot still kind of works if you bring it if you give more time to this idea of the girl struggling with her sharing the body with the with with the uh, evil spirit because maybe you make her a key player into this in this whole thing and then she basically loses control whoops Waller has to contain this it's not a city-wide fight it's not a, a the city's getting destroyed again hmm. fucking thing it's uh she's going somewhere and gonna do something crazy and no one can find out about it right this needs to be a covert ops so she's off to iran and she's gonna launch all her nukes or pakistan or she's off to wherever and she's harnessing all of this or that and they have to under the cover of night go and take this shit out before it's too late Hmm. i think i think that's as simple as i can make it and yeah i i agree i think that the the whole city being destroyed is okay it's enough yeah seriously it doesn't fit with this storyline like every superhero movie doesn't have to have an entire city being even avengers a uh, civil war uh, um uh, captain america civil war like specifically went out of its way to go like no we're not going to have another earth-shattering cataclysmic mm. how much uh, people made fun of of man of steel with the dubstep fucking uh kryptonian right. world eating machine or world whatever yeah so to to have another ring of energy over the sky and destroying the city after you've just had doomsday do the same fucking thing in Batman right. Superman is really illogical. It baffles, hmm. right? And I guess in order to kind of bring them together, I would have leveraged the idea that um, they needed to stay alive and that if they even not that you have to have Amanda Waller or someone else show up with the with the kill switch every time they speak out of turn but have like look we have a global positioning system we don't even need to press a button if you guys uh, are further than this apart right if you leave this kilo- this zone if you leave like uh, if you guys go off the grid we don't even have to press a switch the satellite picks you up, you're done. Mm. Right? So that danger, that threat would have kind of forced them to play ball. To play ball and then give them a clear victory at the end. Mm. A reason, a raison d'être, as they say, right? As opposed to, hey, bunch of quips and big alien showdown. And what was that weird thing at the end? Oh, yeah. They have. Joker show up again to bust her out? Yeah, after everything goes down. When she's drinking her espresso. Like, first of all, we there was no way she was dead. or There was no way Joker was dead. Right. We never, ever thought that he would have been dead. Number two, he busts her out again. And then why do we care? 
know. Other than them, other than them going off and making their own movie, and that's what we're gonna see. But then, mm. what happens to suicide? Like, uh, what the fuck are they doing up there? I don't know, man. So we've managed to do it. I <laughs> we we've managed to give this film more more importance and and uh, dr- pull more substance out of it than it has given us. Agreed. I think that makes us wordsmiths. <laughs> we were able to talk for like an hour and a half. Yeah. This movie. I give this talk four out of five stars. <laughs> <laughs> this review, I am confident, is better than the film. Ha 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 ha.